you have your Bible with you this evening, if you could uh, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 17, and we'll be reading down to the verse 7, and everything has just fallen out of my Bible, so <laughs> that's a note, too, keeping too much things in my Bible there. First Kings in chapter 17 and verse 1 reads, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. It's in this passage that we uh, first meet Elijah in the Bible. He is present here in the kingdom of Samaria under King Ahab's rule. Now, King Ahab had been the seventh king of Israel, and he ruled for 22 years. And these 22 years are not remembered fondly within the Bible, as Ahab was viewed as a wicked king. Among Ahab's misdeeds, probably the most well-known would be him establishing the worship of Baal, um, through the influence of his wife Jezebel. These evil deeds now didn't go unnoticed by God, and we read of Elijah for the first time in verse 1, as he is the prophet sent by God to warn the king of the punishment to come for his misdeeds, that punishment being the coming drought. After Elijah had done this, we read firstly of a divine com command given to him in verses 2 and 3, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. However, it's not just a divine command that he receives in this passage, and Elijah also receives a precious promise if we read on into verse 4. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. God has made this command to Elijah as he seeks all his prophets to be submissive and faithful. However, it's not just a mere command with no promise um, uh, of providing for Elijah, for we see God's high sovereignty and all-sufficient power in the promise he makes in the verse 4. It is likely Elijah was ordered to stay at this brook for a time, as his warning to Ahab is unlikely to have been received positively and could have been viewed as a threat to King Ahab's power. Why should he listen to Israel's Yahweh? After all, he had already turned his back on God. Was God's command to Elijah to lay low at the brook his way of protecting his prophet from any backlash reaction from the warning he had just given to the king? If I read into this passage, I would say that is the case for God sending Elijah to the brook. But Elijah received these commands and he had a decision to make. And we read in the verse 5 how he reacted to them. Um, and he responds in a humble and dutiful manner. It says, So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, 
for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is, before Jordan. This wasn't always the reaction of God's prophets um, uh, to his commands, and his reaction is definitely in stark contrast to that of Jonah, for example. Both were given an order to go, Elijah to the brook Cherith and Jonah to Nineveh. One obeyed and one did not. And it is clear from the story of Jonah and the whale that God demanded obedience from his prophets. It was and still is today God's will and plan for the prophets of the Old Testament and for us today as his church that we must always seek the Lord's will in whatever decision is put before us. Elijah's obedient reaction is even more impressive if we look further at King Ahab. Um, King Ahab had been ruthless in destroying any follower of Yahweh as he attempted to turn the entire country to his false god, Baal. Would Elijah, as a zealous man, not surely have wanted to confront Ahab further about his previous actions? Would he not have wanted to point out some home, home truths to him? Or he throw the book at him and stand up for his faith? He may well have wanted to, but Elijah's command was to warn the king and then to proceed to the brook Cherith. Um, uh, and he did so. Personal agenda didn't once come into Elijah's head as he heeded God's command. Now, as he headed to the brook, this would have been a time where Elijah would have been alone, a prolonged period of social social isolation for himself. And I know myself, uh, Kirsty last night went up to Port Rush, so she did, uh, to see her mum and dad on their holidays. And when I got home from work, I was quite excited to be able to eat my own food, watch my own programs and, and play my own games without the responsibilities of fatherhood or the responsibilities of a husband being needed. Um, however, come this morning, I, I did I did miss the, the hustle and bustle of the house. It was too quiet. And, you know, I, I wanted Sebby to be driving his wee toy tractor up and down the hall laughing to himself, usually talking absolute nonsense. Or, or Kirsty, I'm uh, doing whatever she really does. She, she just potters about and her ordering me to go put the bins out or something um, uh, sounds about right. Um, and you know, that feeling of isolation is uh, completely natural. And Elijah is no different to any one of us here today in that he would have felt that same isolation and he knew that his time alone by the brook would um, uh, be a prolonged period of isolation for himself which just again goes to further emphasize his humble and dutiful reaction to God's commands. We read in James chapter 1 verse 22, For be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Elijah here, and throughout his time on earth, not only preached of God, but lived out his faith in obedience to God. He truly was an example to follow for the church today. Now we'd previously looked at the precious promise um, given by God in verse 4 and here now in verse 6 that we move on to we see that promise then fulfilled and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening and he drank of the brook how often do we today say bring it to the Lord in prayer and he'll listen to your prayers go to the Lord in times of trouble and he is offered to be our rock and fortress just as I spoke about a few Sundays back in the children's talk on Carrick Castle. Yet 
then when we encounter difficulties, we aren't focused on the promises of God. We ply on ahead ourselves, quite often to our own detriment. If our eyes are on Jesus in these circumstances, he will steer us right. Why do we often rely on ourselves when we can put these burdens or decisions before the God of the entire universe? I uh, tried to make an analogy that I fully understand in these situations and just to make, make it look how ridiculous it is that we rely on our own strength. I put it into a football analogy. Now the, the pinnacle of European football is the Champions League. And that the Champions League in this situation is our burden or our difficulty. And us relying on ourselves instead of God is like trying to win the Champions League as Balamina United, when in reality we could just rely on Real Madrid, probably the most decorated club in world football. But why do we so often decide to back Balamina instead of Real Madrid? In these situations, why do we so often back ourselves and not go to God? Is it just the foolish pride of man in these situations? For we've just read in verse 6 that God fulfills his promises. So why why do we not take our cares and our worries to him? But this isn't the only promise that God gives us in, in the Bible. And uh, I'm just going to read a few that are scattered throughout the Bible here. If we... If you look at Psalm 34 in verse 9, it reads, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to him that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Psalm 55 in verse 22, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Philippians 4 in verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. These are just an example of three promises that God's made in the Bible. And these promises are there to encourage us to cleave unto God and to do his will. His promise in 1 Kings um, to Elijah certainly achieved this reaction from Elijah. And we can take real encouragement from God's promises such as these. As we've just read in First Kings, that God fulfills his promises. This should, in and of itself, cause a reaction from us to cleave unto God, because we know that he will provide for us. But if we look further then into the verse 6, we read that it's ravens that brought the bread and flesh in the morning and the bread and flesh in the evening. And it, it's kind of strange that God would use these ravens to feed Elijah a bird that's often associated with death. Um, God could have used angels. Uh, he could have used Israelites who had stayed faithful and not bent the knee to Baal. He could have even used doves as an alternative to ravens, but no, instead he used ravens. And when I was reading this part of the passage, I was trying to find a meaning to it. I was like, why did he use ravens? But the only thing that I could take out of it um, uh, was that it just shows God's power over his creation. God could have used any of the examples that I've just said, but no, he chose ravens. And whichever method that God chose to uh, to deliver the food to Elijah, he was in control of the situation the whole time, and he knew exactly what was needed and how he would get it there. Um, uh, but these provisions that God gave to Elijah weren't weren't of uh, luxury. He wasn't at Galgorm Spa. Um, you'll notice that there was no fruit or vegetable 
no luxuries, just the bare necessities. Um, we read in Timothy chapter 6 and verse 8, Having food and raiment, wherewith let us be content. Elijah had, had his uh, food and he had his clothing on his back and he was content by the brook for he knew the Lord was providing for him. And often today I believe that we've become too accustomed to our luxuries, too comfortable with where we are in life. And my prayer would be that we wouldn't be seekers of just that little bit more, but be deniers of ourselves and doers of God's word. I said earlier that Elijah lived out his life in obedience to the Lord. And I would pray that that would be us also. Yet, in verse 6, it also goes on, not only being fed by the ravens, the bread and the flesh, it also says, and he drank of the brook. For just as uh, it provided food, he provided water. This is equally as divine an act of provision from the Lord. God provided Elijah with the simple provision of the water. And I believe this is recorded in scripture to remind us of the day-to-day -day simple mercies provided to us by God. Uh, we have the air in our lungs, the family, our families. We have the roof over our heads. And none of these can be taken for granted, for God has given all to us in this life. However, in closing, we come to verse 7, and it reads there, And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. You'll notice that it says, And it came to pass, and quite often that's just skipped over, and it's just thought, well, that's just saying that it's past time. But this isn't, this past a little bit of the passage when it says, and it came to pass, is saying to us that the brook didn't just dry up for no reason. No, it dried up because the Lord decreed it. Yet God could have brought the water out of the rocks to quench Elijah's thirst, but this was not in the will of the Lord. With famine and sheriff, crops failing, water drying up, and now Elijah's own brook that had been sustaining him, finally drying up. From an outward perspective, we might think that this is an absolute disaster. But surely watching this, Elijah grew more and more anxious about what would happen. This was the source that was sustaining him this whole time. He was, he was by himself by the brook. We then ask ourselves, why would God allow this to happen? Surely this shows God breaking his promise then to Elijah. But I believe it doesn't. God allows the brook to dry up to show that we must trust in God and not just in his gifts. Elijah had probably grown quite used to the water provided by the brook and may have at times even forgot where the brook, was, where the brook came from and that it was by the divine providence of God that he had this, this constant source of water. By drying up the brook, God reminds Elijah that it is his God that he should trust for his daily needs. The gifts given by the Lord may change, but he will never change and he will always provide for his people. This change of circumstances was a test of faith for Elijah. Was he reliant on God or the gifts given to him by God? Give thanks to God for the blessings and gifts that he has given us. Most definitely do that, but never lose sight of who has given us these blessings. James tells us in his book, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So tonight we've taken a, a whistle-stop tour through this passage 
And we've seen a warning given in verse 1, a divine command given in verse 2 and 3, a precious promise in verse 4, a humble and dutiful reaction in verse 5, uh, a promise fulfilled in verse 6, and a change of circumstances in verse 7. And I hope that through this passage we've been reminded to be obedient unto God, even when our circumstances are changing. God is always going to be, will always provide to us. And if we cleave unto God, um, uh, he will always be there for us. Thank you. At this time, we're just going to.